Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner watching you kiss Buenas noches, amigos. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo and Matt LeBeau here with another episode of Not Another Socks podcast. Gentlemen, uh, recording on a Sunday morning today. How you doing? Good, good. Um, got my uh, Dunkin' iced coffee here. Um, so can't get any more Boston uh, than that. Uh, oh, you got your Sunday. donkeys? <clears throat> got my donkeys. Went to the donks. Line was fucking on the street. Um. Yeah, I mean, great way to start off a Sunday. We got a lot of stuff going on here, so I had to grab the iced coffee, got the Pats in a few hours, and then I uh, got the Bruins at night. So can't get any more Boston than that. Uh, great Sunday coming up. Weather's getting cold. Winter's coming. Almost December here in the next couple of days. So we're in the uh, we're in the grind of uh, of winter. Yeah, for sure. This is a classic New England winter Sunday. Patriots are playing a big AFC game. Uh, Bruins have a, a pretty big tilt tonight, um, and the offseason for baseball is in full swing. So it's, it is getting cold, though. People are starting to bundle up, a lot of chatter. Yeah, yeah. The con- that's, another, that's another conversation starter now is, like, the cold weather. Right, now it's the cold. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty cold outside today. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like 30 degrees out. Yeah, no that's shit. That's what <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is now it's like fuck man yeah uh, uh, uh we're uh, while we're on it with uh, the boston sports we, we should not forget about uh the forgotten child of the new england revolution actually being in the playoffs too that's Rev's right year yeah it's year it's their it's year the their year <laughs> yeah when, it, when their first playoff game is uh what was it next week or this it's week? tuesday yeah tuesday yeah. you're gonna next be in attendance court. right yep Whoa. Uh, it's going to be freezing. I'm going to freeze my balls and dick off, but uh, it's going to be worth it. That's all right, dude. You're going to be cheering on the revs, um, you know, making a push here um, yeah. for, for, the, Big for the cup. Yeah. Also, Jack, got to mention that jersey. Well, there's some controversy with this jersey right yeah. now. but so that's, we, that's we got my, the classic uh, gold bear on here. Um, let me see if this actually shows up on the back. Probably not because I didn't do it before, but uh, number one for uh, uh, so yeah, no, it, it fits great. Um, I've had this jersey my entire life, and I'm never gonna give it up again. That uh, that's that's my jersey. Uh, then why am I wearing it? It's it's mine. Whatever you say. Yeah. Yep. Oh shit! So we got a uh, we got um, Jack with the with the Raphael Devers background here, uh, showing his support. Um, looking for that contract extension, hopefully coming at some point. Um, would love to have that. So Jack, uh, you know, he had the Simeon one. Uh, what was that last episode? And then or a no, couple I had episodes the Schwarber ago. one because that's Schwarber. How we got that's right. The, uh, cold now Mountain Dew. Cold Mountain Dew. Uh, that's actually, you know, I, I feel like people are actually really uh, starting to pick up on the the cold now Mountain Dew. People are people yeah. are liking that. Right. Well, it, it, it's cold now, and uh, it is cold now outside. 
So the Schwarber family actually has gone from instead of putting their Mountain Dew in the fridge, they're actually just putting it on the porch. Right. And yeah. where they can just grab it pretty easily because it's not quite freezing all the time yet, but it's cold enough where they can just say, hey, Kyle, just grab me one from the porch. And yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's cold now. Right. Yeah. And they have extra room in the fridge for the Thanksgiving leftovers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That they're really just doing it for the environment. It's it's quite it's uh, economical. Nature, yeah. And I, I support them. Right. Nature is their refrigerator at right now. Right. So. Ohio is the most environmentally conscious state in the US <laughs> per uh per, per statistics. Capita. Yes, per yep. per my statistics. Yeah. So they're um good job, Schwarber family. Appreciate it. My grandkids will thank you. Very green. Very yep. green. Very green like Mountain Dew. Green like Mountain Dew. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they brined their turkey in Mountain Dew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marinating Mountain Dew. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they 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 pour uh uh voltage onto their mashed potatoes and uh their corn and everything instead of gravy. It's a Mountain Dew compote. <laughs> Their gravy is like a mix of Mountain Dews. It's code red, voltage, yeah. all, all mixed together in a thick gravy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going on to uh, some of the Red Sox news that we've had here in the, in the past week or so. Uh, Alex Cora uh, is going to be around for the next few seasons after his option gets picked up. Uh, so he'll be... Uh, here for the 23 and 24 seasons as well. So um, obviously a huge, uh, you know, get for the Sox, uh, you know, for the next few years here. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like in a few years we're going to look back and just forget Cora did not actually manage in 2020. Like he's just going to be that long-term uh, manager that we have, kind of like what a lot of people imagined um, – uh, Terry Francona was going to be before 2011 because everybody just thought he was going to be one of those guys which is with the organization for 20 years and I mean I could see you know Cora staying with the team uh, even way beyond that 2024 contract extension now I could see him being you know one of those guys that uh, it, you just put together with the Red Sox kind of like a uh, Socha with the Angels or longtime Tony Larissa with the Cardinals. Like he's just going to be one of those managers in Boston. Yeah, for sure. You can definitely see him heading toward this is the place he's going to be for a very, very long time. Um, I can see him being like, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like a two team manager, maybe like, you know, have his run with the Red Sox for a lot of years, maybe like 20 years and then finish it out maybe like in Miami or something like that. Cause you should, you know, from there. Um, but nonetheless, I feel like when you look back on it, like you said, you're, you're not going to remember that Renneke managed in 2020. No one remembers Bobby Valentine other than the, the punchlines. Uh, no one remembers John Kerrigan. You know, th those are just guys that just they managed for a year, failed, and they were just a stopgap to the next guy. For Cora, he was the guy before and he was the guy after uh, Renneke. So it, that won't ever really be remembered or talked about but kudos to ron reddick i mean he was a sacrificial lamb so he served the purpose right much, uh, much needed <clears throat> for that team just kind of a guy that they knew was just going to leave after the year yeah. and managed a, a dog shit team got him a good draft pick didn't have valdi or sale really for the whole year or erod um 
So kudos yeah. to, to, to Renner. Yep. He really just took a hit to make a play, and you got to love that. Yep. Um, but, I mean, Alex Cora just, you know, as a manager since, you know, since coming here from Houston, um, I feel like he's just he's just one of those guys in, in the league that just has such a um, – a great feel for his team and his players. And I feel like he just, he knows, you know, what buttons to push at what time. Um, and I feel like he's just one of those managers. He's, I don't really know if there's anybody, if I, if you guys could think of anybody that is in the league, that is kind of like a Cora where he, it just feels like he just knows how to manage his team and how to manage his players and what to do at what time. He just has a great feel for for, you know, for his entire lineup. Um, and I think that's what makes him so great. And that's why he's had so much success, uh, you know, as a manager. Yeah. I feel like he's pretty much the complete opposite of Tony LaRusso with the white Sox. Like he actually knows about his players and, uh, actually lets them be themselves apart from when Eddie tapped his wrist. And even then it wasn't a big deal. He wasn't like, we don't do that here. <laughs> Unlike, um, uh, with Mercedes and uh, Tony Larusa, so um, no, he's the perfect guy for the job. Not only managing wise, but handling the media, and uh, you know, making sure that uh, a lot of the young players feel welcomed and get their own playing time. So uh, just him being a former player helps out with that so much. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and I mean, it, it's important. I think the the bilingual thing is very important. Uh, they have a lot of guys that. Yeah, it's good to to make them feel comfortable. You know, when you have your manager being able to speak Spanish. I mean, Devers barely speaks any English. He, it's getting better. You know, like you, you hear the clips. Uh, they they uh, they pay me pay me good. Um, yeah. runs. <laughs> like, why would I be set? You know, like those are the things where uh, I feel like Devers can be himself, um, and and all those young guys can feel comfortable. Cora does an excellent job of that. But if to answer your, your question, is there anyone else in the league like him? I really don't think so. I mean, if you're looking at it, uh, one through thirty, I I don't think that there's there's anyone else. I mean, Kevin Cash is is a good manager. I feel like he's got a pretty good handle. But also, he doesn't have to handle the media. There's like right. one guy that follows the Rays in Tampa. It's the the guy that tweets all the the breaking news. The TV Times guy. Yeah, and he's like the only guy that reports on the team. There's like. A thousand reporters breathing down AC's neck at all times of the day. I mean, it's like you're like a like a paparazzi, yeah. getting followed around when you're the man for the Red Sox. Yeah, so. like Kevin Cash can go into a grocery store or coffee shop in Tampa or St. Petersburg and just be another guy. Alex Cora can't do that in Boston. No, not even Boston, but anywhere in Rhode Island, New Hampshire, yeah. Maine, like anywhere, Alex Cora is going to get recognized by someone. And that's really the biggest challenge of being a manager in Boston. You are just, everyone is breathing down your neck 24 hours a day. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> the way he's able to to manage that, like I said, uh, LeBeau and Jack, I mean, being in Boston and being having to manage, uh, you know, the constant media frenzy, sports talk radio, all of that, and, and, and still being able to have success, um, you know, is just a, is, is a credit to him. And obviously he's played, I mean, as a player, he's been in Boston. So maybe that gives him a little bit of an advantage because he kind of knows what the media is like. And, you know, right. he... He kind of has a little bit of an upper hand because he played here. 
um, you know, you know, years ago, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the way, like you said, the way he's able to manage the media and, and manage being in new England, you know, yeah. probably the biggest sports market, you know, in the country, um, you know, aside from New York, I mean that, you know, it, it really is amazing what he's done, um, you know, since coming from the Astros. Oh, we got, we got some breaking news on the, uh, on the podcast here. Oh, um, yep. Oh. Corey, Corey Kluber and the Rays just, just saw the notification, Corey Corey Kluber and the Rays on a one-year deal. So okay. Yankee fans, Yankee fans are up in arms. <laughs> Yankees are yeah. out on Corey Kluber. I, so it's, I think that's really interesting that the Rays uh, got last year's Cy Young Award winner, according to preseason predictions from the Yankees. He was gonna the Klubot is 100% back. He's gonna be healthy. He's gonna throw you 200 innings again and win the Cy Young Award. Uh, now I actually fear that might happen with a competent organization that, you know, is uh, yep. able to do things with their pitchers. Uh, so that one, um, you know, we'll see if he's just able to stay on the mound. Cause you know, when he's on the mound, he's a pretty good pitcher, but oh, he is. that's really just been the biggest thing for him, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm glad that that happened. That was, that was, a, uh, an NASP podcast first where we got yeah, that was breaking first- news. On the show, so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, now we need the Red Sox. To do, uh... <laughs> that's you. That's another notch on the belt for you, LeBeau. That you are uh, you were the first, uh, you know, NAS post to break news on, I got on a podcast. Over here. Scoop. I, got, I just need a bow tie like Ken Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and be like three feet tall, and then you're good. Yeah, what a dick that guy is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, good, uh, you know, news on the uh, AL East front with uh, with Corey Kluber. And, um, you know, other news with uh, with the AL East and the Rays um, that we were talking about before we started recording is uh, Wander Franco, uh, you know, signing that uh, 12-year deal, um, you know, to be with the Rays here. Um, I believe it's $223 million dollars um for Wander Franco so a huge con uh, contract for him and the Rays um and obviously in the AL East as well um very talented young player um you know signing a uh, long-term deal in Tampa yeah I mean it's definitely you know great for that organization that they're actually able to sign up somebody because we can't complain about them not doing anything and then when they do something um, you know, it, it sucks for us because Wander Franco is going to be a stud. I mean, who knows if he gets quite to the level of like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper or one of those guys, but it was definitely, you know, a great, um, rookie season there. He even got some love for rookie of the year, only playing like 70 some odd games, but I mean, there is some risk there. I mean, uh, you're, that's an essential marriage, especially for an organization like that. I know it's backloaded with a lot of the money coming in at like 25 million after when he would be arbitration eligible. So we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, it's good for them now, but you know, it also might have them not being able to make some of the moves that they want to in the future. Yeah. I, I mean, it's good to see the Rays spending money. I mean, it's not good for us, but I think it, like you said, it's good for the organization. Bottom line is they're going to have money to spend. You know, I know they don't do well in attendance, but the the TV market shares that they get whenever you do well in the division, make the playoffs, things like that. I mean, you're going to have money coming in. You're going to be a profitable organization, just how it works. 
Um, for Franco, I mean, the only risk with that, obviously, he's a good player, but there is risk because the, the way it's set up is, is to incentivize them to continue to develop. So the, the problem is he he's not a fully developed baseball player. He's just he's just not. No okay. one can be at that age. It's it's physically impossible. He's excellent, and he absolutely will murder the Red Sox for a lot of years. But when you get a little too comfortable, I mean, you, you have to maintain that work ethic to continue to develop because, I mean, you're going to get figured out, and then you're going to have to make adjustments, and then you're going to get figured out again. You're going to have to make another adjustment. It's just how the, the natural progression goes. You're going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, there's definitely risk for that low of a, of a market size to commit to that much money is, is for sure risky. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, LeBeau, there's a lot of un, unknown with, uh, with Wander Franco. So, um, it definitely is, uh, you know, like you said, a risk, uh, for the Rays in, 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 um, in the organization, but, they're building something really well. I mean, they, they're a good team. So obviously being able to sign a young piece like him um, and have him there for, you know, those, you know, for the next, you know, 12 seasons um, is big for them. And, you know, like you mentioned, Jack, as well, they haven't really been able to keep a lot of their talent. So um, hopefully, you know, being able to keep him around for the long term, you know, they're starting to build something here and, and they're going to be a good team for a lot of years. Um, and obviously that starts with Wander Franco and, you know, if he's able to develop. You know, they got, you know, a, a great and, uh, you know, talented baseball player um, as well there. So um, obviously a huge signing for the Rays. And obviously that has a lot of trickle down effect to the rest of the AL East, um, you know, as well. Yeah. and But I mean, one other thing I wanted to touch upon uh, just before we move on to anything else. Um, uh, there is a good chance that he's playing in a different uniform, even if that contract does not get traded. I mean, he might be splitting some time up in Montreal. He might be in Nashville. He might be who knows where. But, I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, he outlasts the Tampa Bay Rays and that contract does if they don't trade him because there is no there is no trade clause in there. He could just be dealt at any time. He's going to earn 10-4 or 10-5 rights at some point in it, but it's not going to be for a while. So uh, we'll see, you know, uh what actually happens around that contract, even, you know, uh, then money wise and even with the race. Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, unknown factors. And, and that's the other thing. I mean, there's kind of risk on Franco's part as well. Um, you don't know what the Rays are going to be doing in five years or even two years where they're going to be playing. Um, he, yep. You know, he does he even know what the weather's like in Montreal? I mean, does he know how fucking cold it is in April yeah. and October yeah. in Montreal? Yeah. Like he's, he's, you know, uh, I mean, I, I don't even think he went to high school. So does he even know? Like uh, there's a lot of risk. I, I mean, he, he do, he might get to Montreal and be like, dude, you need to trade me like now. This is, yeah. I, I can't play in 30 degree weather or even, even if they have like a dome, right. If they play in Olympic stadium, which is inside, and he's like walking to the stadium and he's like yeah. freezing his dick off. I mean, it, I mean, he, you don't know. There's just so many things. Um, nonetheless, though, I mean, I, I, I fear the man. I, I, he keeps me up at night. I do not like playing against him. He uh, torments the Red Sox in that short amount of time that he's been in the big leagues. I feel like, yeah, he keeps playoffs too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you mentioned LeBeau. He's just going to be one of those guys that's going to be like a thorn in the side of the Red Sox 
for a lot of years. Um, you know, if he stays in Tampa, he's just going to be one of those guys, like every at bat, he comes up oh. and like every like important moment, like if they have a lot of series in the playoffs, like it's just going to be like this guy, like every time he comes up to bat, it's like, this guy's going to fucking do something. This guy's going to hit a fucking moonshot or whatever it is. Like he's going to make a fucking play and it's going to fucking cost us. Oh yeah, we all know who it was, dude. Uh, the, I mean, the Blue Jays—they were never like all that great when they had Batista and Encarnacion. They made the playoffs one time. I think they lost to the Rangers, or or maybe they made it a couple of times. But those guys absolutely murdered the Red Sox, and they did it at Fenway, and it was just—it it was just torture. Those are the two guys that come to mind, though, the most. Just murdered us. Yeah. Not Brett Gardner. <laughs> 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 Not, not Fred Gardner. Because he's you he's been uh, annoying for about uh, twelve plus years now since I was in middle school, and now I'm an adult with a four hundred one k. Like, it, it, uh, I trust me, I'm thoroughly annoyed with this dude. Yeah, I hate Brett Gardner, but I got to be honest, I've never feared him. I mean, he has been a, a pest. But I've never necessarily feared him. Franco, dude, I get the I get the chill when Franco comes up. I feel like he's just Brett Gardner is just one of those guys that's just fucking annoying. Like it's just his face is annoying. Yeah. Oh, not sure. not like his ability or what he does on the field. It's more of just like oh fucking this guy again. Like Jesus Christ, dude. Like it feels like he bats twice around every order. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he's, he's fucking up again. Like I, I swear he was just three batters ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i hate brett gardner and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if we got some breaking news about Corey kluber signing with the rays i wouldn't be surprised if we're recording we get some breaking news that gardner signed a two-year contract with the yankees <laughs> you know what that's gonna happen on one of these off-season episodes is we're gonna get another, our, our next breaking news is gonna be brett gardner oh. um doing it yeah it is it just is that would be awesome <laughs> like yeah, that just gonna, it's gonna idea. happen a two-year um, deal, too. Two years, ten right. million. I need yeah, that, exactly. please. Like it's just enough <laughs> where it's just annoying. Yep. <laughs> um, but in other Yankee news, since since we're on that, uh, Clint Frazier uh, released mm-hmm. by the Yankees, so um, no more trade rumors surrounding him and Miguel Andujar. Yes. Can we have a moment of silence for yes. uh, those memes? <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Those, uh, yes, we, we mourn the death today of uh, once great meme and Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier for every player in Major League Baseball. Uh, it's a sad, it's a sad day. Uh, my absolute favorite, this was a poll from 2018 some Yankees fan put out. Would you trade Clint Frazier, Miguel Andujar, Justice Sheffield, <laughs> And some other guy for Jacob Degrom, and it was like eighty-seven percent. They all said no. They all said no. They are delusional. They are absolutely delusional, psychopaths. That's why, like, it's so hard for me to get like jazzed up about like Jason Dominguez and any of their prospects because they've become us from a few years ago, where all these prospects were so hyped up and just none of them pan out, or they're in the majors for a bit, but they're not all stars. We we were the kings of that between like. 2005 and 2015 even where until like Mookie and Xander and Devers came up like it we just had like these top 100 prospects every year that just never worked out and now that's the New York Yankees it is 
thank God yeah. for thank God for like Mookie and, and yeah. Xander and those guys to develop because do the Swihearts, the Anthony Renatos, the Henry Owens, the Lars Andersons of the world, like yeah. the hype train surrounding those guys really was so embarrassing for Red Sox fans. Those guys all stunk. They were horrible players. Horrible, horrible players. And they never never were even close to being good in the big leagues. Dude, Henry Owens is like the big one. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to pan out. This guy's going to oh. be a pitcher, man. He's going to be great. Oh, he <laughs> looks like freaking yeah. playing Kershaw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. As every year, it was like, oh, yeah, Henry, Henry Owens, this is the year. This guy's this guy's nasty. He's he's a yeah. filthy pitcher. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then Ben Charrington refused to trade any of them for anybody. And then here comes Davey Dombrowski. He's like, oh, yeah, you want uh, Anderson Espinosa for uh, Drew Pomerantz? Fuck it, sure. Do you you want uh, Manny uh, Margot and, like, Ryan Kalish for um, uh, Craig Kimbrell? Here, you got it. So, and if you actually look at a lot of those Dombrowski trades, we didn't really give up too much actual major league talent to anybody. There were some guys that, you know, played every day, but they weren't quite all-stars. So, right. I mean, it, that that was really kind of the big difference between uh, Charrington and or and um, uh, Dombrowski. Yeah. I mean, who who is the best player that Dombrowski traded away? Um, I mean, with the exception of, I guess, the sale trade. But that one, you can't even say anything about that trade because that trade worked out for, for both teams. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, the Kimbrel trade, uh, I mean – Margot maybe was the best player out of that, the, the trades that he made. Yeah. I mean, what the hell are the Red Sox? Logan Allen, Margo? he's a pretty good reliever for the uh, Guardians now, but he didn't even end up staying in uh, San Diego. Yeah. What the hell are the Red Sox going to do with Manny Margot? Honestly, I, dude, like yeah. you turn on, you, you turn on like Sports Hub, they're like, oh, Dombrowski traded all good gun players. Like, oh, really, Manny Margot? Like, you had, yeah. your outfield was, um, at the time, was like Mookie, Ben, Tendi, Bradley. And yeah. You had guys waiting in the wings. Like, what the fuck are you going to do with Manny Marco, dude? Like, right. the Rays can barely find a spot for him. I mean, right. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, you, when you have three outfielders like that and you have, like, kind of a logjam in your system, it's just like, I mean, at some point it's like, all right, well, we got to trade somebody to get somebody in here. Like, if, we're, if we have no use for him, like, what's the point of just hanging on to him and having him play um, and, and not having him in, in the major league lineup? But, yeah, that's – right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, going off that, uh, you know, going off the, the Wander Franco news, uh, you know, speaking of young, talented players, Jack, you do have the, uh, the Devers background, you know, we are waiting for his, uh, inevitable, uh, you know, long-term contract here for the large uh, Dominican son. Yeah. I, I wish it was inevitable. I mean, if I feel like if, if it was going to happen, it should have already happened. I don't see any. Right reason why you know kind of hasn't already so i am a little hesitant of that you still got you know another full two years before he hits free agency but this guy's 25 he's gonna hit the market at 27 he's gonna make a, an unbelievable amount of money um so i just hope that you know we can just get ahead of the ball a little bit here and not uh, you know kind of flub over it let him hit free agency and then have him go to you know the dodgers or the Padres or uh, right. any other team out there. No, I agree. And and the biggest thing you're up against is he's progressing every year. Um, 
and he's getting more and more power every year. And he plays in a perfect ballpark for his skill set. The last thing you want to see is him go out next year and hit 45 home runs and you didn't extend him. And then when he hits free agency the year after, he's going to get a $300 million contract uh, plus maybe, you know, so you never know. His ceiling, I still don't think he's actually fully hit his ceiling. Um, His skill set is unbelievable. And um, yeah, you just don't you just don't want to see him have a breakout year even more so than what he's had. And then lose him because of a three hundred million dollar contract. They gotta, right. they gotta find a way to 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 right. extend him. Right, because like you said, I mean, the longer you wait, you know, that price goes up. And you know, if you extend him now, sooner rather than later, um, you know that that you know you you get a better deal for him. And uh, and you know, he's had success in the postseason as well. He, he you know, he's he's had you know, we saw it this year as well. You know, he's he's had some clutch hits. Uh, in the playoffs, which is exactly what you need as well. So he's, if he's a young player, he produces throughout the regular season and produces in the postseason when the stakes are higher. That's when you go and, you know, you you got to get a deal done for him. Yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. Yeah. He's so clutch. I, I, real quick, right. I was just I, – yesterday I was watching that Devers, uh, the, the last game of the season against the Nationals. I mean, he, he literally willed them to victory in that right. game. Most important game of the regular season in past – you know, 10 years and he stepped up huge. So, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, the only thing I might be a little hesitant about is still the defense. It hasn't quite progressed to the point where it's a consistent since you see him make some great plays out there that you're like, if you just got a highlight rail together, you could have sworn this guy won a gold glove or two. And then you see him, you know, kind of bobble some routine plays and the defensive numbers that do him real bad. I don't think he's, quite that bad but it's very possible that you know he might need to switch positions to the left field or first base or even dh down the line so i don't mind that at all i want him to just focus on hitting i want him to hit big boy ding-dongs and you know <laughs> use that monster as much as uh, that you possibly can so um I, I that is the last thing i'm worried about with his bat but i could see him having to switch positions if he doesn't quite continue to develop at third base yeah for sure. Real quick, I, I agree. Uh, especially if you if you extend him, there's I, I feel like there's little to no risk regarding his defense because say hypothetically they sign Schwarber for three years, four years, whatever, he's going to be your DH. But long term, Devers could be a perfect candidate for DH. You know, when he hits maybe his 29, 30 uh, season, I think he eventually he's destined for that position. Um, and no one's really been liked that the Red Sox have developed, no one's been liked as much as this guy, maybe since who? Yeah. Uh, that actually came through the Red Sox system, developed, was an all-star or a superstar, maybe Nomar. I mean, who have they developed that's been more liked than this guy? I, I, I mean, Mookie. I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, yeah. I would completely disagree. I think Mookie was better, but I don't think he was more liked than Devers. I think Red Sox fans have an absolute love affair with Raphael Devers, including myself. I think he is yeah. <laughs> the most likable guy on the team and he's clutch. And trust me, I love Mookie. He was a better player, but I don't think he was as liked as Devers. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Maybe Nomar, maybe Nomar, but Devers is just loved. Right. 
Yeah, and, and you see that. I mean, um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, on Twitter, and you know, obviously with you know with Section Ten and the, and the big scoops and the ice cream, you know, uh, you know, joke that they have there. I mean, people do, like I said, people really, really love him, and um, he's definitely a, a, an extremely likable player on this team, um, for sure. You know, as well. So, um, yeah. So hopefully that extension comes uh, sooner rather than later, and uh, you know we can get this uh, show on the road here. Yeah, got to get some 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 moves going. They got uh, they they're running out of time. Got to get someone. Yeah, they uh, definitely. Hey, we did get somebody. We yes. we got uh, 2018's 20th best pitcher, Michael Waka. Yep, Michael Waka, the did big it. fish, the Michael big Waka. fish on the market here. Yep, yep. <laughs> we got our guy. Yep. Everybody uh, go imagine home. If that, imagine if that was like the Red, Red Sox Twitter would just blow up if like the Sox tweeted out the uh, if they tweeted we got our guy with like a flame emoji. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Start kind of with the Chicago Bears to SP one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. my God! No, you no. like uh, Felger would have a stroke with uh, Tony Maz. Yeah, that that would be a disaster. They, luckily, I I I know that they're going to do something else. Right. Um, and even if I mean, honestly, worst case scenario, say they're done with the rotation. I mean, you still have a fairly serviceable rotation, and maybe you can make a move at the deadline. Um, but they, I mean, they they did still have a lot of holes. Second base, right. first base. Um, you know, you, you have. Yeah, a catcher is a very weak spot offensively. I mean, you have a, a too many holes to go into the season with that type of rotation. It's just you it can't happen. So, and I think um, you know Waka's more of like you know he he's a good you know I guess a, a good depth piece. Um, obviously, he's not the guy that I think they're going after. I'll hopefully, you know we we do get somebody uh, you know a little bit bigger like a Stroman or. Or, or somebody of that caliber. Um, but Waka's, you know, I guess, you know, good depth piece, got to have veteran guy, you know, he's been around. Um, you know, obviously, he was in Tampa last year. So um, obviously, has that, uh, you know, that Heim Bloom, um, you know, that Heim Bloom connection. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, a good, you know, decent depth piece, I guess. You, you know, always good to have, you know, obviously guys that you can throw in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, but obviously not not the guy um, that they're going after in free agency for sure. Right. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, he's going to kind of be this year's version of like a Garrett Richards or a Martin Perez where he's going to start off starting. He's probably going to get some times in relief. And I think he's going to be a little bit more okay with it than those other two guys because if you go to Tampa Bay, you know you're going to come out of the bullpen at some point, or you know you might only face the uh, batting order one, maybe one and a half, two times, and then you're out of there. So I feel like he's kind of on board with whatever role that we might give him this year, which is a great thing. I mean, um, he ended the season really well. I think his last. Um, seven starts he had like a 288 era so hopefully you can just get a little bit more of that uh, momentum going in uh from last year and you know actually pitch some meaningful innings even if it's not like cy young numbers at the end of the year or anything close right oh exactly 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's, he, like you said, Jack, you know, he's a guy who knows his role, um, you know, and, and I think he's going to be good with, uh, you know, whatever we throw at him and, uh, you know, whatever he ends up doing here for, you know, for the Sox and, uh, in their rotation. So, uh, Depth, good depth signing, and uh, you know, hopefully we get some uh, some bigger news on the pitching front coming soon in the next uh, you know couple weeks. No, and that's gonna happen because you saw so many Red Sox fans out there like this is what we're using to replace Eduardo Rodriguez, and that is not the case <laughs> at all. I can't believe anybody's actually thinking that we could have you know uh, signed Eddie to a similar contract, maybe right. a few, maybe one or two less years because that was probably the reason he ended up going to Detroit, but yeah, no, it, that was so unbelievable that the Red Sox fans thought this was just going to be the only move that we were going to make. Dude, well, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like LeBeau. I think you brought it up last episode of the episode before where it's like, anytime the Red Sox make a move, like the fans just go fucking crazy. And they're just yeah. like, like you said, Jack, they're like, Oh, is this the only guy we're signing for the rotation? And is this what we're replacing? Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez with and like they just go like they they just go so crazy after like any little move that they make and they make it out to be like this big thing. Yeah, Red Sox and there were the same people that were bashing Eddie a few months ago too. Yeah, which is funny for sure. Mm -hmm. They have a tendency to 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 use like time as a uh, instead of looking things at a whole like as a whole off season. They'll just see like, oh, Eddie got signed somewhere else, and then they they sign Waka after that. So, oh, that must be Eduardo Rodriguez's replacement, which is, is yeah. obviously not the, the case. You're, you're talking about two totally different, for one, styles of pitchers, opposites. Second, um, caliber wise, not even close. I think Waka is a direct replacement of Garrett Richards, for sure. Right. I think he he is the replacement of Garrett Richards and Martin Perez. I think that that's the, those are the two guys he's replacing, right? Um, and I don't hate it. I, and and the other thing everyone was complaining about was the seven million. It's irrelevant. The seven million is irrelevant. They could have signed him to a one year, hundred million dollar contract. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because if they go over the the um, the luxury tax, they don't get hit because they were under it. So th- that one year, once the contract comes off the books, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter at all. The more serious issues are the guys who are gonna sign to multi year. Uh, deals like you know the Simeons, the Schwarbers, Baez, whoever they go after, that's where you want to track the money a little more. Seven million is fucking irrelevant. Who cares? It's not your money. They're not going to get hit. It's not going to have any long term effect on the organization. It's not going to have any effect on who they sign this year. Doesn't matter. I'm glad he got seven million. I'm happy for the guy. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I know we wanted to touch upon uh, Jack. We you had mentioned before just the. Um, you know the the CBA here, and um, you know uh, possible. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. The the impending doom. Yes. So yes. according to you know everybody with any uh, type of cognitive uh, realization, uh, there's going to be a major league baseball lockout uh, starting December first. Uh, it's inevitable at this point. Um, we'll see. You know how long it lasts. Hopefully, you know. It's uh, done by the time spring training rolls around. We don't have to miss any major league games, but um, there's so many question marks around it right now that um, it could go in almost any type of uh, direction. So uh, we'll see. It definitely, you know, um, 
uh, that the pandemic didn't help with all the relations between the Players Association and Rob Manfred. So it's it's going to be rough there for a bit. Yeah, I'm holding out hope. I don't think it should really uh, impact the games too much. Um, I think they'll figure it out. I think at this point, especially because of COVID, neither side wants to have an actual stoppage in uh, games. But free agency, players signing deals, that's going to have a big impact. And we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, hopefully it's not too long, but I think it's going to be a little, at least a little, a little while. Um, I think, like you said, they, the, the relationship is damaged. So hopefully they can kind of fix that a little bit and go from there. I mean, we'll see. I, I think at the end of the day, on the other side, though, there's going to be a DH on the, uh, for the National League. I think that's almost a guarantee. And Which that's is- going to change the market completely for guys like Schwarber, you know, everyone. So, oh, definitely. I think both sides actually want that. Well, I agree. I agree. And they should. It's stupid not to have one, um, you know, in, in the NL there. And, um, you know, I, I know, Jack, you had mentioned too, you know, before is, um, you know, with the CBA expiring, um, you know, before December 1st, there were, you know, options available for you know those bigger names to want to sign you know uh before as well so um i you know, mean we're we're at the deadline here right. what is it the, the 28th, 28th now yeah. we, have, yeah, we have a couple like days two, three left days, so yeah unless if something really just kind of manifests itself over the next kind of 24 hours it's probably not going to happen you're probably going to see a lot of guys out there in limbo you'll probably see kind of more signings like Michael Waka or even, you know, kind of like a middle piece like Eddie out there where they want to get in. Um, I think actually Stroman would be a guy that, you know, just kind of wants to find his home before then, whether it's with us, whether it's with any number of teams out there. So um, we'll see, you know, a good amount of traction over the next few days. But we're also going to see a lot of guys just kind of wait and see how things end up. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of like you mentioned, LeBeau. I mean, like you mentioned with Schwarber, it kind of changes things for him completely. If the uh, if the NL does have a DH spot, now you're really opening up to a to a number of teams, an entire league, right. um, you know, that he has options to go to. Um, so that's going to be big. Maybe a guy like him waits, you know, till after things are settled to sign. Yeah. No, I I think it could be twofold for a guy like Schwarber, where um, there may be teams that already signed their guy already signed their dh before the december one deadline but on the other end of that like you said now he might have 25 teams uh, looking at him as opposed to 10 um so that that could be you know that could be interesting for him um i think that he probably i think he strikes me as a guy that probably will sign before uh, or at least try to you know i think a lot of guys are going to try to so that's why this this next these next few days they're going to be busy. There's going to be a lot of rumors, a lot of things flying around. Yeah. Um, but after after the deadline, you know, we'll we'll have a better idea of who's going where. Yeah. yeah. And we also have some semi breaking news. Bit 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 bit. So this is from John Heyman. So let's take it with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> uh, top three starter Max Scherzer is expected to make his decision before the impending December first lockout. Dodgers, Giants, Angels, Mets among teams in. So yep. I don't think he would end up going to the Sox. I mean, it's 
not a bad fit, but there's other better fits out there. I think we talked about this a bit before, but yeah, no, like it's going to be, you know, those two, three year deals. It's not going to be, you know, the seven, eight, nine plus for right. Baez and um, uh, Perea and some like Robbie Ray and those type of guys. Sure. Right. No, I agree. And the Giants were in on him at the deadline, I believe. So they'll obviously in on him again uh, through free agency. And um, obviously the Angels that are obviously desperate for pitching as well. They, they need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and they're doing they're they're doing the dang thing. Did you guys uh, see what they did in the last draft where every single one of their 22 round Everyone. picks were pitchers? Yeah. I, I absolutely love that for them, though. I think that's great. And you, you you respect it because at the end of the day, you're going to hit on one of those guys. And you only need to hit on one, and you have a successful draft. Nobody cares yeah. what the other 20 picks were. If you hit on one guy and he becomes an all-star, then the rest it does not matter. So I respect right. the shit out of it. Yeah. Dude, attack attack your needs. Attack them. Attack them. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's um, obviously big news for uh, you know in the in the starting pitching front with a guy like Max Scherzer, who's a one of the big fish that's out there in free agency this year. So um, you know he's got some options here. So we'll see what happens uh, before the December first deadline. If any of the other uh, you know big names end up signing in the next couple of days as well, so it's going to be a lot of big news coming up in the next few days for sure. And a lot of. Um... Mets uh, owner disappointment from uh, broken yes. promises. That and, is, I'm uh, glad you brought that up. That unprofessionalism from agents. Uh, I, that was the absolute most Mets thing that could have happened in that exact moment right there. So I'm glad that it's a never-ending train of hilarity. It, it's a never-ending train. Like we, like LeBeau, you talk about it all the time is, you know, the Yankees not being able to get out of their own way. And it's the same thing with the Mets. I feel like everything that happens with that organization just completely blows up. And, uh, dude, it's, uh, all, it's crazy. It's all of New York. Like what's yeah. happening. It's, it's, I would say the only clean organization in New York is like the Rangers, maybe in the Islanders, yeah. which it's so easy to be clean in hockey because it's, it, you're under less of a microscope. But, dude, all these – the Knicks have problems. The fucking Jets, the Giants are a joke. The Yankees are a joke. The Mets are a joke. It's like it, everyone is just – like you just can't get out of your own way over there. I don't understand it. I mean, for the biggest market in sports, it's it's not not going great. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, they have – there's so much history and so much uh, – you know, there's so many great organizations – well, great teams – and in, in 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 you know those organizations are are great and they're historic and been around yeah. for years and it's just man they just recently they just cannot get out of their own way and and they've just been in such turmoil it's it's unbelievable it really is it's hilarious I'm sure the media is handling it great yeah yeah no exactly I'm, I'm sure everyone's doing fine everyone's good there sports radio is going swimmingly there. Well, that's, Newspapers that's the are good. They they like the media. They they create a lot of these things because they make more money when 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 shit like this happens. More listeners, more people. When right. the teams aren't winning, the only thing to 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 drum up interest and, and get people to listen is uh, is is these scandals, these different things that happen. Not necessarily scandals, small things, you know. Right. Um, so that's I mean that's that's New York. You know, Boston's different. Um, 
but it's it's similar but but different. Right. The difference is we've actually been winning uh, uh, this century. Like, uh, how many titles does you know Boston have? You got six from the Patriots. You got four from the Pats. Uh, Celtics and Bruins have one apiece too. So even when they're winning, sometimes you still see them just try to create that controversy, um, just to you know drum up interest. But there was a while before you know the Patriots and the Sox in the early 2000s where that was us. I mean, and it's yep. obviously so much different with social media and the internet now. But like, yeah, no, like back in the 90s, um, you know, it was just all sports. Wei, I don't even think the hub was quite around yet. No. So. Nope. That was just really what people got their information from other than that than like the newspaper, whatever the fuck that is. Right. <laughs> yeah. The the informational age made yeah. the, the microscopes get much bigger. So uh, the big market teams, it's it's helped them because the outreach has been better, but it's also hurt them in the sense that the, it, you can't even make the slightest wrong move or there's a bunch of people that are waiting to criticize you, including people like us. I mean, think about how many people like us there are, not just these yeah. big outlets, but like smaller, whether it be podcasts or uh, blogs, um, just random fucking Twitter accounts. People have made like, like with 100,000 followers out of nowhere because they just post shit. Like, yeah. like Boston Strong, like that guy. He's like, yeah, that. <laughs> dude, he just posts shit. <laughs> he doesn't... He's got some scoops. Like- I know, like, uh, we, we at least show our faces on our podcast. Like, we, we don't hide behind any anonymity. Like, we, we want to pe- people to know that we're sexy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we, it's, a pers- it's a personality thing, you know? Like, yeah. he, he, dude, he's just, like, he's just posting shit. Like, he has, like, 40,000 followers on Twitter and Instagram. And he's just, like, just posting Red Sox content. Like, that's it's amazing that you can do that in this day and age. Like, in, yeah. It just wouldn't happen 20 years ago. I think it's cool, but that's the impact that it has. And the Yankees have like 10 times more of those than the Red Sox. Like random people trying to break stories. Like it's just a fucking mess over there. It really is. Oh, like the Gary Sanchez world. Like RBW. Oh, yeah. No, Matt Olson. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. We're like, trust me, I I heard from his. Uh, Ryan Healy's cousin that was at the wedding. They're just yeah, the waiting wedding. to announce it afterwards, <laughs> so that way you know it doesn't get in the way. But it's done. Trust me. Yep. And then he like, dude, the people ran him off of Twitter and told him like, you know, like go kill himself. And he like outed <laughs> his sources. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh, Yankee fans were like, dude, like yeah. literally kill yourself. It was horrible. And then, so he outed his sources. He like posted screenshots of oh, like his information oh, that he got. And then he, dude, that was it. Like that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. You're, you're just that's a death sentence. Yeah, just, just log off the internet forever. Just like make yes. a new account. You you have to start over. You're moving to a new town. You're changing your name. You're in witness protection. Right. You're out of yeah. here. You're done. You're done. Seriously though, Yankee fans, dude, do not do not tell them they're getting a left-handed power bat and then not come through. They will fucking hunt you down. <laughs> no, literally, like if you go, if dude, if you saw some of the screenshots, it's Larry. It's like, what's your address? Like, I'm, Jesus, Christ. dude, Yankee fans are fucking brutal. They're brutal. Don't tell them Down that. Horrendous. Don't tell them that Brent Gardner is not going to re-sign with them. <laughs> they will fuck you up. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's so, there's so much content when 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 you do this and you're a Red Sox fan because there's so much content that Yankee fans produce that you can make fun of. It's yeah. never ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really what we've built our success on so far is just shitting on the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. And, and Bronxy. Yeah, Bronxy. That's a big one. Yep. Fuck he him. Die again. Fuck him. Yeah, I know cats have eight lives, but uh, turtles do not. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> That's why he's fucking dead. Yeah, I see Bronx at our fucking Yank- Red Sox game next year. I'm gonna punt that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny Gomes after that walk off. Yeah, with the helmet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might need to be a Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please. Yeah. Please. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then, like, I remember the, this picture of all of them looking at the helmet as it was going. And they're like, Will Middlebrook, she was like pointing to it. That's uh, yeah. that's the red 2021 Red Sox looking at Bronxy. <laughs> no, Bronxy died uh, returning to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh fuck! Not to like end in a show with Bronxy hate. That's perfect. I know. I I feel like that's that and Cold Mountain Dew are just never gonna die now. Nope. And like we're gonna have listeners like once we you know even more listeners once we get bigger and bigger, which is gonna happen. I mean, um, so just get ready for it. So that are gonna have to listen back to these old episodes and be like, what the fuck are these guys even talking about here? So we're really laying out some good groundwork for. the listeners that have uh, been loyal to us since day one. Yep, absolutely. Or just like the, uh, you know, once the season starts and if Kyle Schwarber ends up resigning and we talk about, you know, cold now Mountain Dew and people are just starting to listen, they're just going to be like, what the fuck? They got to listen back. It's cold now Mountain Dew. Yep. <laughs> that, that Shannon and Sharp gift, like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that, that is. Like, <laughs> 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 Uh, that's what the uh the whole schwarber family sounds like when they were pouring the uh mountain dew gravy on the turkey yep yeah let let me go ahead and find this here i it i need to watch it for the 10 millionth time (laughs) dude it And the fact that it's actually Mountain Dew, too. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. We got to get Shannon Sharp on. Yeah, big Mountain Dew guy over there. Yeah, hopefully we'll have uh, some more guests on, including... Yes, uh, we will. uh, Some people, this is dropping a little tease. Nothing's confirmed, confirmed yet, but... Uh, we're 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 making moves, so uh, we're, we're we, we want to do it for the listeners here. GM GM LeBeau is uh, is interested. We're we're, the interest we're interested. Yeah, we're interested. We are in literally stuff. interested in anybody if you want to come on our podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Oh shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, hold on. I, I did want to ask you that uh, this before we went off. What are your top three gets that you want to get? You could interview like any living 
uh, Red Sox or sports media personality for this podcast. I want to hear who they are. Okay. Galveo, you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Anybody? I think um, I think Johnny Damon would be really cool. I feel like he's got a lot of lot of good stories, especially from that like oh four um, team. Um, I feel like he'd be good. He's kind of fucking crazy, but <laughs> I feel like he'd be pretty good. Um, let's see. Hmm. Who else? I feel like nope. um, maybe like a Josh Beckett or a John Lackey would be pretty cool, too. Um, oh, John yeah. Lackey. Absolutely. John, John Lackey, Lackey wouldn't. Oh, I think with both of those guys, neither of them would hold back. No. Right. No. No, Josh. and um, yeah, Josh Beckett and John Lackey—they would definitely let it fly. Either one of them. Um, and then, hmm. Do you want us to skip and come back? Yeah, I'll come I'll, back I'll, to my. Three. I got my. I got my three ready to rock. I'm not gonna get All too right. cute. Okay, okay. It, it, if I could pick any three, it would be Manny, Nomar, and Pedro. They're the reason I'm here right now. The reason I yeah. do this, and they're the reason I I watch a hundred some odd games a year. So, yeah, 100%. Manny, Nomar, and Pedro. Ortiz would be cool. Don't get me wrong. Ortiz would be cool. But Ortiz, for me, he came, like, a little, a little later. So, like, right. I, was already, I was already, like, knee-deep uh, as a Red Sox fan when they got Ortiz. And, like, don't get me wrong. He's my, probably my favorite Red Sox of all time. But those guys are, like, the reason I am a Red Sox fan. So, um, I think for me, I, I'm not going necessarily based off a of skill, even though I'm about to pick up some like Hall of Famers in this as well. Uh, just based off of like who would be a great interview, I would actually want to ask some questions to and would actually give us like some fun stories. So the first one is Dennis Eckersley. I think that's yeah. even possible, you know, maybe down the road. I think he would he's had a really interesting story especially with his uh, battle with alcoholism and, yep. you know, kind of turning his life around. So I think he would uh, be, you know, a really cool guy to talk to about a lot of that different type of stuff and, you know, his post-playing career in the booth as well. Uh, second guy, um, just absolute guy being a dude, Wade Boggs. I yep. mean, of course, like he's a like Hall of Fame player, one of the best contact hitters of all time, even won a few gold gloves. But, like, I just want to know, like, all about the actual, like, eating a whole chicken and drinking 100 beers. <laughs> yeah. And, like, no, great, great and, like what here. he's been doing since, like, he's stopped playing. Because, like, you kind of see him in, like, um, different types of, like, media and everything. Like, he was on yep. Always Sunny. And, like, he's just kind of living out his best life right now, retired. Um, so I think he would be a really fun guy to talk to. And then the last, um, this is a complete opposite direction, but just based off of, like, I've never really heard an interview with him, like, kind of in this environment, like a John Henry or, like, a Tom Warner or even, yep. like, a Larry Lucchino, where, like, yeah. you can ask them, to, you know, some things that, you know, maybe somebody's never asked them before. It's kind of more of a relaxed thing. We're not grilling them about the state of the team or anything like that, where, like, I would like actually want to see more of, like, the personal side of yeah. them and you know, actually kind of open up to the fan base more than in years uh, past. No, I, I agree. That was a very, very good uh, three. Very well thought out answer. I, I, I would totally agree. That's a lot of like, I think that's a good combination. of You get some personality there, but you also can get some insight about, you know, how it was 
and, and what happened when, like, for Boggs and and uh, and Eckersley, like how it was when they were players. Uh, Eckersley now, you know, on kind of the other side, which is the media. So that's that's a, a cool perspective to see both sides um, yeah. for sure. Delvaya, who's your third? I feel like um, I would say either Tito or um, or even like a Theo Epstein would be a would be. I feel like it would be a good one too. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree. The, 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 that era of, of Red Sox baseball, they were like the fucking Jonas Brothers and the Beatles combined. Like those, the, that team, those teams were so popular. I remember in the Francona book, they were, there was like when Tito was about to get fired, there was like a helicopter over his yeah. mouth. Like, dude, that shit's crazy. Like, like talking about I feel a baseball like those, team. I feel like those guys just got some great stories. And that was such a great era of, you know, Red Sox baseball, like right when they, you know, won, you know, they won it in 04, um, you know, and then 07. Like that's when they were really, you know, starting to create like this dynasty that they have now with, you know, with these four championships. Um, that era kind of started it all. So that would be like, I feel like they've got some, some really, really great stories. For sure. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, uh, that about does it for, uh, this episode here. So obviously it's a good one and, um, you know, we'll be back, uh, next week. I think we're going to start doing, um, you know, Sundays from, from now on. I, I think you guys were mentioning too. So, um, yeah, so it should be good. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, obviously some some of the news here before uh, the deadline here, December first. So we'll be back next week with all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, if anything happens between now and then, and uh, yeah, well, it'll be good. So that's uh, episode seven in the books. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for don't listening. Don't forget and- to um, review us on iTunes, uh, five stars. Uh, it's great if you listen on Spotify or on YouTube as well, but obviously yep. that one's going to help us out the most. I know we've talked about that on here before, but uh, no, we, uh, just, you know, thank you guys for listening again. Um, definitely share us around. We always appreciate, you know, the retweets, the shout outs, uh, just even telling your friends or family about it. Yep. So um, uh, hopefully, you know, continue to grow and uh, the more we grow, the more cool content we can do uh, with our, you know, time and uh, everything around <clears throat> here. Yeah, yeah hopefully, exactly. Hopefully we get some more scoops for you next time. Maybe a few more breaking news pieces. Uh, who knows? You know, yeah. um, hopefully we have some some more things to talk about on the Red Sox front. Maybe yeah, get exactly. a, a few guys on the books here. And uh, again, we appreciate all of you, but definitely yeah. keep sharing, keep liking, keep retweeting. And um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see it next week. All right. Peace.